Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Start podcast. A podcast to spotlight Asian leaders and interesting allies. This is your host Priyanka Komla and today I have with me a fabulous guest Bharat Aman who's the executive vice president and chief information officer for Huntington Ingalls Industry, one of America's largest military shipbuilding company and a provider of manufacturing, engineering and management services to the nuclear energy, oil and gas markets. Bharat, welcome to the show. Thank you Priyanka and uh, I want to I want to give you kudos for doing this for our young professionals because I wish you had this 40 years ago for me. That's so kind of you and hey I'm so glad you're paying it forward to the community by being on our show so we're really honored to have you on Career Startup podcast. Feeling is mutual. Thank you. So to our listeners out there Bharat Aman is a seasoned CIO chief information officer and he's held various leadership positions be it at BAE Systems including the, being the business technology officer the vice president and the CIO for BAE Systems largest sector so Bharat welcome again to Career Startup podcast and thank you for joining us from Newport News Virginia glad to be here actually i'm from new jersey actually right now well that's pretty cool with remote working right here he is from his home office remotely Awesome. So in this episode for our listeners but I want to share there are three things that we're going to mainly focus on. One is how do we tackle unconscious bias and microaggressions in tech as a CIO? Two, how do you handle digital transformation challenges as a digital disruptor who has tons of experience under your belt? And three and most important of all is what are the three skill sets that every technologist needs to know to be a leader? So super excited to learn more and hear from you. All right. So let me start with this Bharat. You grew up in Kenya and then you moved to India. So with a cultural upbringing that's diverse, being competitive is always ingrained in Asians, right? That's something that we always feel. And recently you identified yourself as a type A personality who was trained to be competitive, be it at sports and at school. As a leader, how do you balance the urge to win? Yeah so Priyanka um, I want to start off with uh, uh, it's so rightfully said famous african proverb the proverb says that if you want to go fast you go alone and if you want to go far you go together so as a leader when you have your team winning is a team sport not an individual competition and you know it's like basketball or soccer you you can't play by yourself so you know as a leader when you have a team behind you and you're trying to create a team you got to create you know think about team sports and and i believe that sometime losing is a winning because you learn from it you grow grow yourself uh you know by learning about it so um you know there are situations sometimes you know when you're solo you know we like you said we all were brought up in in different countries and sports and what not when you're you're competing with others by yourself then you definitely want to win right and you know you create that personality i have a type a i've always wanted to win you know at younger age but i've realized and learned a lot that winning for yourself is not good enough you got to win for the team so that's what i believe sorry i can't hear you there you go so do you see that as a personal strength um i i think you know yeah, i as i said i i recently wrote about this uh about a, an article that i shared about from nihar chaya who actually wrote about when you compete right and it's about 
competition with your peers. And sometimes it takes you into a negative spiral if you don't manage it well. So you need to balance it in terms of we all want to compete and want to grow, but you want to manage it in such a way that it doesn't take you downward spiral, right? So that's what, and I believe that it's a, it's good to have, it gives you inspiration when you, when you, when you compete. So it's good to do that, but you got to find a way, find a right balance. I agree with you. Now let's talk about your role as the CIO at Huntington and Gals. You're responsible for establishing the company's IT and digital strategy with a focus on cybersecurity. Tell us a little bit more about your role as an IT leader and do you believe you have a strategic seat at the table to make an impact? Absolutely. So um, again, you know, we all talk about um, are you are you the CIO of a back office or a front office? And um, in in my current role, that as of January, I am front and center in the front office. I report to CEO. Um, I have also a reporting relationship with the board. Probably I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. So this position was created um, after nine years of Huntington Ingalls uh, divesting from Northrop Grumman. And at that time, the model, our model still is to be autonomous companies. We have three business units, we have precedents, and I was actually the CIO of one of the divisions for the last five years. Uh, and be currently being in a situation where you're thinking about cybersecurity and you know all this leveraging and all the things we need to do, a decision was made that we needed to have a CIO at the corporate, and I was asked to take on that role. So, so I believe that yeah, I have a. We have IT has a seat at the table. I mean, I'm, I report to the CEO. Some of my bosses in the business units are now my peers. Um, and it's a, in a nine, 10 person leadership team. Uh, and we work together. And we have a great CEO who's giving us good guidance and giving us a lot of leeway to do what we do best. The part that seat at the table for me is, um, you know, because I have a charge given to be on more on a cybersecurity side. My focus has been that, and we have created a board subcommittee called cybersecurity. Usually most public companies, the subcommittees, the cybersecurity is addressed under audit committee or finance committee. I believe we are one of the very few companies, probably the first in defense, where we have a cybersecurity committee at a board level. And I'm the company liaison representing a company on that committee. So we have a dual seat at the board level as well as uh, at, the, at the CEO level. I want to really applaud your leadership for ensuring that IT has a voice, which is uh, you know being met across the leadership team. So kudos on that. And I hope a lot of organizations take this um, you know as a challenge to really provide a lot of uh, importance to the technology leadership team. So tell me this, um, Bharat. As the CIO, you're focused on cybersecurity, as you mentioned, governance, which is also very critical in a defense organization like yours, but as well as key digital partnerships, digital innovations, and there's always the risk assessment capabilities of all information systems that you'll have to focus on. What does a day look in your life at Huntington and Gal? Yeah, so uh, uh, the day right now is quite different. Um, um, as I can say that, you know, I started the new role as of January 1st. Uh, so I'll give you a little bit of background so you know what my day looks like right now. Um, and um, 
you know, with this new charge, I, I got all my CIOs and CISOs got together. We had a, a kickoff meeting at one of our locations uh, in early February. And we came up, came away with things that we wanted to do. And then comes pandemic, right? So since March 5th, I've not been into the office. I've been working out of my New Jersey home, home office. I, I still have a place in Norfolk. And uh, countdown is it's 25 weeks and three days that I've been away. So normally my day at work would be a little different then, but I'm going to try and describe uh, how I use my you know, day at, at, at work as well as you know, currently how I'm doing it. So during this pandemic, um, you know, the way you know, I, I start early, I'm an early riser, start at 5.30. I'm a big believer that you've got to energize yourself before you start uh, you know, working uh, a professional side of it. So I do like five to six mile walk, a fast walk, early morning, about hour, hour and a half. That also gives me a chance to clear my mind, uh, wake up my mind. Um, I listen to you know some old Vedic mantras, you know, in a musical form, so they're pleasing, uh, and that gives me a lot of energy to get started. And and then the way my day starts is because I'm remote. Um, I have my, my multiple screens, uh, video camera. Uh, again, I'll tell you a little bit story about that also because in our industry, it's not viewed very positively about having video cameras, but you know, it can be done safely. Uh, and I start my meetings. Um, we have meetings around my team meetings I do. I do a lot of one-on-ones. Uh, we have staff meeting. I attend my boss's meeting. We have, um, uh, right now, we used to have a daily um, uh, meeting, but right now we have crisis management once a week meeting that will be tomorrow. So, so all those meetings I participate and we use video. So actually, um, you know, like like they say that you know verbal communication. You know, communication is more visual, right? Seventy percent is visual than verbal. So you want to see here, uh, you know, the you know the cues from the people you're talking to, how you know those kind of things. So that's how my my day now. Here's what I've done, even being remotely. Uh, I've successfully delivered CIO 100-day plan that I committed to the CEO. That's been delivered on all the things that we were going to do in my 100-day plan. We have developed a vision, mission, and uh, values statement, working with my team on what is that vision 2025 is going to be for HII, uh, and then mission and values. Um, so overall, and then, you know, you know, if I have time, uh, I can tell you what I, other things, because now I'm remote, I don't have commuting time and I don't have business travel. That has given me some time that I invest in on myself. So I attend webinars because you just get up, get on a chair and get going, right? So I'm learning a lot. Uh, and then uh, remaining time, I'm going back, like I do an evening walk again to reflect myself on how the day went and what do I need to do better the following day? So that's how my day goes. Uh, and it's great, great feeling. Haven't missed a beat. I agree. And I really love the fact that you're reflecting on your, on your everyday life because that's a nice way as a lifelong learner to focus on how do you keep prioritizing your goals going forward. And kudos on delivering your 100-day plan. You know, amidst the pandemic, there's no excuse in terms of, you know, being a leader, right? You're always a leader no matter what the crisis situation is. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. So 
Let's talk about your journey, Bharat. You started as an industrial engineer. How did you pivot yourself into being a technology leader and ending up as the CEO of such a huge organization? Yeah, so that that is a, a, a story in itself. Uh, we could take our talking about that, right? So, uh, what, what I tell you about my journey. Uh, in fact, someday somebody mentioned it, and someday if I ever write a book. Uh, the book would be the title would be accidental CIO. This was not my destiny. I I I, I did not start off saying I want to be a CIO. And, and as you can see, my education. I don't have computer science degree. I'm I'm hardcore industrial. I'm mechanical engineer, industrial engineer. My story started when my first job, and um, you know I was you know again you know you you are you are hungry to not only learn but to show what you can do. And you know, I started in a very small company, and it's a great thing to start in a very small company. I, I know there are a lot of ways you can go, because there are only five engineers, and I was the fifth one. They hired me. The president was an engineer, my boss was an engineer, and there were a couple of others, right? So I could do everything I wanted. So one of the things I was told to say, hey, we were having some issues with, uh, you know, this was a small uh, bathroom accessories uh, company that was building, you know, manufacturing things, and we had some molding machine scheduling problem and that time you know there was back office computers you know that you know you could hardly see or you know hear about it it's all paper based so i was asked to say hey how can we solve this and that's when i saw and i'm a big fan of steve jobs you'll see why i i got fascinated by apple too uh, let me go back for one i went out of school um, you know how when we go to school, you have 12, you pay for the 12 credits and anything you do beyond that is free. So as part of a free that, you know, we always like to do, uh, especially Asians, uh, I took a class uh, on a computer science 101. That was PL1 language, programming language. And my second class I took was dancing. I can talk about that some, some other time. And that prompted me, I think I found my passion that, hey, I, I could do much better. So long story short, I asked the company, hey, let me buy a Apple II, VisiCal. And I actually did, I went on a company car to New York City to buy that computer, put it in, did all the work. They said, okay, wow, you can do this. Can you do this? So they got me into some of the back office of IT and I kind of, then my wishes grew on, I, I think I need to go into a bigger company. And I started a similar journey, you know, when I was given a, a manual task to do, and I said, thou shall not do that. I went and got Apple III at that time. It was because the next generation. And the president of the company saw what I was doing. He says, Bharat, why don't you teach this to other people? Now, I'm not a computer science. I've never taught computer science, let alone I don't even have a degree. But that gave me a moment to say, okay, I want to learn myself first so I can teach. And that's what I did. I had a evening classes telling people how to use computers. That gave a kind of a nervousness to one of our IT manager there, and he left the company. And the president says, Brad, if you want it, it's yours. That's how I landed up in IT. So long story short, uh, I would say that I discovered my passion and I followed it all the way. And one of my executives uh, 20 years ago told me that, Brad, I don't know why we are paying you to do your hobbies. That's a nice way to look at it, right? You know, but 
the interesting fact that I read from your journey is your inner drive to always achieve something that's beyond your comfort zone as well. You know, not just doing it just for the sake of doing it because somebody had asked you for it. You know, but thinking about how can you do a better job and going that extra mile. And I think those are key skill sets that everybody needs to learn. Now, that's a nice segue to what I wanted to ask you next is, you know, as a veteran CIO, what are the top three skill sets that every technologist needs to have in their toolbox to be seen as a leader? Yeah, so yeah, soon enough, you'll see if uh, if your listeners follow me on my LinkedIn, I'm, I'm going to publish uh, something that's going to come out in Asian Upward magazine, a single success strategy. And I've written something about it. But let me just give you for, for purposes of what you just asked me currently. So first and foremost, it starts with you as a person. I'm going to say all the techies, you have to take care of yourself first. Mind and body, both of it. I say health is the greatest wealth and knowledge is power. So those are the two things that nobody can take away from you. It's yours to keep and grow. So you you can set your destiny on that. Uh, so I would say and take control of yourself, emerge yourself. You know, you need to create a spiritual awareness around it because it's about you. Once you have done that, now you need to think about external facing. So who do you deal with, right? I always say that some of most of my success has come through building relationships. Sometimes, you know, they say that, you know, you know, the connectivity is only six level deep, right? Around the world. So someday you'll you'll make a connection, you'll make a connection that won't be worthwhile right now, but it will come handy some point in time because they'll know somebody who knows somebody then gets you to something. So I say build trustworthy relationships. These are not something easy. And I, I used to tell my staff all the time that if you go out externally, go to a conference, do something, connect with three or four people that you've never met. Don't just hang around with people you know. You need to expand your sphere of influence, right? So do that. Build relationships, uh, you know, trustworthy of them. And help you grow your influencing skill because now it's easy to... Uh, give somebody a task because they work for you versus influencing somebody who doesn't work for you to say, hey, this is a great idea, right? So increase your influencing skills. Lead with empathy and have an engagement with your employees and empower them. So that's an external facing. And the third thing I would say, this is for, again, growth, right? Set tenacious goal. They are so big that you know that you cannot achieve them. But then grow into a person who can. And that's about personal development. How do you grow yourself? And you know, you know, get the fear of failures out. Make every failure and a learning opportunity and teach something you don't know. I mean, I did that and it, it gave me a lot of success. So those were the three I would start with. Those are awesome nuggets of wisdom, Bharat. And you need to follow our listeners. You need to follow Bharat on his LinkedIn because he gives valuable advice and his thoughts on recent industry trends and leadership development. I think that's something that's very crucial for us to learn and engage from each other. And I really love the fact that emotional well-being is very critical, no matter if you're a technologist or you know any kind of a professional. You know, your mind is your wealth and your power, and you can train yourself to be the best in whatever you set your eyes on. Absolutely. Start with yourself first. You have to believe in yourself and then you can do everything else. Thank you for that advice. 
Now you are a seasoned digital disruptor and I have two things that I want you to focus on. One is what is the challenge you see when you're leading IT divisions through a digital revolution with a focus on cybersecurity? Because a lot of times we see a see resistance from technology divisions, especially in the digital disruption space. And two is how do you get executive buy-in for the vision that you have? So I start with uh, you know you know how do you predict future? You you build it. You start with that, right? So I, I always start with you have to you have to have the passion of driving change. And when I when I came to Newport News, that was one reason they brought me from outside to bring an outside in perspective, but to drive change on where Newport News wanted to go. And the challenges usually are are usually are cultural. I mean, everybody knows it's not about technology; it's a cultural challenges, right? So. Um, you know, the challenges that you always face or, you know, you face more and more, more often is not invented here syndrome. Because, you know, we believe, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm proud of the company. We build Navy nuclear ships, aircraft carriers that last 50 years. Uh, and they are like real technological marvels. So it's not a small feat to build a floating city, right? So, um, but there is always this thing of legacy that we have come from where we have come from and we tend to keep all that. Uh, and that that stops your progress going forward and trying to do, do things differently. So let it, I always say, challenge the status quo. And if you are comfortable, make yourself uncomfortable because that's when the ideas and things. So as part of uh, 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 the steps i have a five steps to disruption someday you, i've written about it in the past but you can you can look it up you have to go you have to cut through bureaucracy right so there's a lot of bureaucracy you got to find a way to cut through bureaucracy you have to learn how to go against the grain because you are somebody coming in to drive change you can't be part of you have to do things in in a go in an opposite direction you have to be independently minded right so Otherwise, you become part of a group thinking and they're going to take you into the more what they know about the people that they've been there for a long time. You need to have entrepreneurial spirit. That's why I like your startup podcast that it's for entrepreneurial. You need to have that spirit of like I'm a startup. You got to think about you're a startup every single day. You never become a day older. Like that was one of Amazon's story is that it's always day one at Amazon. And then last but not least, I would say you, know, you should be willing to take a risk. So those are, those are the kind of things you need to do. You know, uh, center on a mission. It has to be mission-driven and business outcome-driven, not technology and shiny tools. That's pretty amazing. So you're a big proponent of recognizing microaggressions and unconscious bias. A lot of us leaders face these challenges in our organizations. How do you tackle them? Yeah, so that that's the, you know, I, it's it's a, a blessing in these, these guys, uh, you know, lived and brought up in three different continents. Uh, you pick up cultures and habits. And, you know, sometimes they don't align with where you are uh, in a work environment. So. All along my upbringing, uh, and I forgot, I also, you know, my parents lived in England, so I used to go there a lot. So a lot of uh, uh, upbringing from Africa to India has brought things that you think is normal, but when you come here and you say something and you bring somebody down, 
kind of uh, emotionally and you know and i've learned a lot about that um you know from my own family my my kids um you know they're all born and raised here there was a dad that's not the way you should say things but when you're brought up so i i think those are the kind of things you need to uh be mindful of uh and those are unconscious biases you know when you make a mistake you're not a bad person it's just because of your upbringing or whatever that is that made you do that that's unconscious bias and you know i wrote a um, you know a little bit about and i shared a, uh, an uh, an article from rebecca knight uh, that was on H, H, you know harvard business review great call out from her about how do you deal with microaggression and some of the things i was doing it uh, unconsciously but others i learned from it so uh, let me just share some of that you can always go read her she's written a lot more with case studies so i would say she's the author of it but what i took away from it that sometimes when you say something i said oops that's not that should not have come out of my mouth take a breath you know step back and say what did you do analyze it right and then address it but don't make it about you make it about the person you told whatever you say then listen to the person on how that person felt on the comment you made or whatever that is. Uh, and then, then give a sincere apology. Uh, you know, you, you don't overdo it uh, about backgrounds and where because of this and that, but you know, you know, and then consider a follow-up down the road that, hey, I know I did this, are, are you okay? And then keep working at it. I mean, those are the kind of things I learned from this article that Rebecca Knight uh, wrote. And three do's that I say is make your make others feel heard, offer genuine apology, and keep striving to be better. But microaggressions is always going to be here to stay. It's not racial. It's just unconscious bias. We all have them. We all have grown up with them. You just have to learn how to deal with them. Thank you for sharing that, Bharat. When it comes from a leader of your stature. Uh, it really makes a lot of difference and impact is what I personally feel. And it goes well with the factor that you mentioned, empathy. It's like figuring out how others feel and then being genuine and sincere about, you know, you're not perfect. You're, you're part of the learning curve. And thank you for sharing that. Um, you're perfect when you're dead. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. Uh, so tell me this, as a leader, Empowering teams, as you mentioned, is very critical for the success, especially for IT teams. With remote work being the norm because of COVID-19 pandemic, what is the one thing you're doing very well to engage with your employees and staff? So, so uh, again, um, uh, as I said, uh, you know, expression, seeing somebody, connecting with somebody, is very important to me. And in uh, in, in the business we are in, defense, uh, we actually don't allow. Uh, video cameras on prem uh, for the right reasons, but we are now taking uh, an approach as people are working from home. We have 10x uh, employees working from home uh, in pandemic, and we are opening up, allowing them to use uh, video cameras uh, with with proper training and education. And you know, we tell employees that you know, you know, when you have taken work at home, your home becomes work. So please treat wherever you are with uh, guarded like don't have uh, smart devices around you listening devices and all that we all have a lot of gizmos right so we encourage people to sh you know turn them off where you're working 
and then allow them to connect with mobile devices uh, and uh, you know our company computers with camera. So that's what I do. I mean, we still not have gone all the way. So a lot of my meetings, even though when I see other folks are not on video because either they may be at work or whatever, I turn mine on because I want them to see me. Uh, I'm very open about it. I'll talk to anybody uh, who wants to talk to me. You know, you'll someday you'll hear about my lunch walks, lunch interviews. I do a lot of walking. So that's how I connect. It's engaging with people is very important in a pandemic time like this. And unveiling who you are as a person, well, you can look at the painting from your grandson behind as well. So I think it's a nice flavor to understanding Bharat and his, his life outside work too. Absolutely. Now, you've served on several boards, be the Society for Information Management, the Forrester Leadership Board, uh, the CIO Group, uh, Asian Upward Advisory Board, to name a few. Tell us about the legacy that you want to leave behind. Wow. Um, well, a legacy, I mean, you, you are, that's a great question, by the way. Um, Thank you. I, I I would say I want to create the legacy I want to create. And I again, again, I'm taking a, a tenacious goal, remember. So I'm going to have to grow into somebody who's done this. Help create a level playing field for humanity. That is the legacy I want to leave behind. Because I see there is a lot of inequity. And how do we bring a common level playing field and technology is helping it like you, you, you know, this podcast probably going to go to people who probably would not get chance to see me or talk to you and I. Right. So how do we create a level playing field uh, for for sake of humanity? And I'll leave it at that. Thank you for that wonderful wisdom. You know, it's a nice way to reflect on our personal journey so far and creating a level playing field. I think that's very crucial going forward. And I really applaud you for focusing on that aspect of it. Now, you've had a very successful career stint so far, but tell me, have you ever had a low moment in your career that you can share with our listeners? Absolutely. Everybody has low moment. Um, and again, I'm so attached now, you know, because I consider work to be my second family, right? You always take care of your family. So low moments in my life has been when, when, I, when I was at Newport News and I lost, actually now I've lost three employees to heart-related disease. And that's why you see I'm on a board of American Heart Association. I'm a big believer about health because, you know, if you take care of your body, your heart, you can take care of a lot of things. So those are my low moments. When I lose an employee or anybody, uh, it's, it's a low moment for me because if it's not your time, then something I could have done. So what can I do to help uh, save one life, let's say? I love the way you care about your employees because you don't see them as just a head count, but somebody who's truly engaged in helping you uh, succeed as well as part of your vision. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us. We have a fun rapid fire round for you. Are you ready for it, Bharat? Absolutely. I'll try my best. Now tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following role model. I've written 50 of people who influenced my life. The top one is Mahatma Gandhi. What does happiness mean to you? Happiness. You know, smile on my face and whoever is looking at me and smile on their faces. Well, we can see that live. So thank you for that. 
What does success mean to you? Success. Um, help change someone's life positively. What is your native language and one word to describe yourself in it? Wow. Uh, native language, I know. It's Gujarati, you know, good Jews, you know, those doklas and all that. Um, so I, I'll, I'll ask, you know, from the way I see myself, I'll call it Namra. Namra stands for humble. But I know my family, uh, you know, if I use them, uh, how they see me, they call it Pratibha Shali. And that is, they call it, that's genius. Well, I'm so honored to be part of, uh, you know, your legacy. And thank you so much for sharing nuggets of wisdom, which have really inspired us. Do you have any parting thoughts to our listeners? Um, uh, all I would say is that follow your passion. If you follow your passion, you know, you will be always be successful, but always take care of your health and knowledge. Thank you so much, Bharat Aman. So that was Bharat Aman, the CEO of Huntington Industries. Uh, thanks for joining us on Karyup Startup Podcast, Bharat. And Thank to our you. listeners, the three key takeaways from this episode with Bharat Aman, the CIO of Huntington Ingal Industries is one, always feel it's day one, no matter where you are in your career journey. And two, for driving change, you have to challenge the status quo and be uncomfortable. Three, the three most important skill sets that every technologist needs to have to be seen as a leader is one, emotional well-being is very critical. Two, build trustworthy relationships and grow your influencer skills with empathy. And three, set big goals. I hope this conversation with Bharat Aman leaves you inspired. And please check out uh, his articles and his take on life and career as part of his LinkedIn portfolio of work that he does. So thank you so much, Bharat. It was an amazing pleasure to have you on the show. And I really appreciate you for sharing your time amidst our busy schedules and making sure you part all these interesting thoughts about who you are as a person as well. Glad to be of help. Thank you. Thank you. To our listeners, this is your host Priyanka Komla signing off. Until another interesting episode with another interesting guest, take care of yourself and stay tuned to Career Startup Podcast on YouTube and subscribe to us on our social media channels and all other podcast streaming platforms. Mm-hmm.